is Legendary Insights. I am your host, Laura Legendary, and I welcome you to the second episode of a brand new program airing on ACB Radio Mainstream. Legendary Insights will air every other month, alternating with Larry Turnbull's Handy Around the House program. Our debut episode was in April, and if you were with me then, then you already know that the premise or theme of Legendary Insights is to share ways in which we can all live our best, most ingenious life. It's now June, and I just finished my annual spring cleaning project. As I was cleaning out my garage, cleaning out my backyard, going through closets and drawers, and reorganizing and decluttering, it occurred to me that this idea of cleaning and reorganizing might make a good topic for a Legendary Insights program. So I called upon our guest today, who is a professional organizer. Her name is Regina Lark, and she joins me by phone today. She is the owner and founder of a company called A Clear Path, and she helps people become more functional in their environment by helping them to declutter, clean, and reorganize. Sometimes, for people who are blind or visually impaired, the idea of cleaning or reorganizing can really feel overwhelming. If you have a lot to do, if you don't have sighted assistance, or if there's no one in your life you really trust, sometimes we can become paralyzed by the size and scope of a cleaning project. Our guest today can really help us to overcome some of the psychological barriers to success. And as I like to say, my success as a person who is blind has a lot less to do with how I feel about it and a lot more to do with how well I manage it. Please help me to welcome our guest, Regina Lark. of your program, and it is a great honor and a privilege to be with you. We met so many years ago at a conference at, at UCLA, uh, maybe 10 years ago, longer than that, and uh, you've always been on my radar as somebody who is progressive and uh, visionary and uh, really looking uh, at a way to uh, enhance the lives of people with disabilities, and so I've always, it's just to be here just gives me chill, so thank you very much for that. Oh, it's my pleasure, Regina. I uh, came into this world of professional organizing, which I'll explain in a moment. I had been laid off from a job at UCLA, uh, and uh, it was due to budget cuts, and I found out in July of 08 that my, my unit that I was directing was being dismantled and my position eliminated. And uh, much, to my, much to my surprise, this happens, uh, I think, the day the recession started. So I was very much, um, I was very much of the mind that, A, 
this was not about me. I did not take it personally. And B, nobody puts baby in a corner. I was clear that I, I was not going to really stand for somebody making a decision to take away my livelihood. I was fortunate in that a week before my layoff, I had been visiting a friend in Jerusalem. And while I was there, uh, there was a day while I was there that I did not want to be a tourist. And so I called my friend up while she was at work, and I said, hey, Nadra, how about while you're gone today, I don't want to be a tourist, how about while you're gone today, I do your kitchen? And she says, what do you mean by that? And I responded, I don't know, but your girls are in their 30s and you've got sippy cups in the cupboards. And she said, well, if that's what you think you want to do, go ahead. And I went into the old city of Jerusalem. I collected a lot of empty boxes. I brought them up to the apartment and I spent the day pulling stuff out of the cupboards and the drawers pulled everything out and laid it on her big, long kitchen table, started sorting like with like, uh, looking at dishes with chips on them or uh, plastic cups that had, that had long uh, been past their use. And, and I started filling the boxes with things that I thought she may not need, want, or desire. Well, now that I come home from work, and then, and after I filled the boxes, I reorganized what I thought would be left, and I and I made her kitchen so that it was very functional and that she had easy access to whatever it was that she wanted. Another comes home from work. She sees now that her living room is filled with boxes that are filled with things from her kitchen, and she says, "What did you do?" I said, "Hear me out." And I went through my thought decision, my, my decisions, and uh, she was really, really happy with the result. And apparently, um, eight years later, her kitchen is still organized. Wow. And, and I'll say that her kitchen is still organized because she uh, had, you know, once she was able to get organized, the way her brain is hardwired, she was able to follow the pattern I had set out. And, and I think that's kind of, um, I don't think that's typical because a lot of people who call me are dealing with what I call chronic disorganization. And chronic disorganization is a result of a couple of things. One, it's just how one's brain is hardwired. People with ADHD, People suffering, not suffering, people dealing with depression or anxiety, physical disabilities, bad storage in their space, shopping, a little shopping uh, uh, problem, or maybe just not knowing where to put things once they enter the space. Our spaces, our homes, our desks, our drawers, our, clo our closets, can become full and disorganized. And after a time, that disorganization just becomes a chronic condition in our life. Yeah, we find a way to live with it is what it is. We just accept it. We find a way to live with it, work around it, and it becomes part of our day-to-day. -day. You are absolutely correct. We, we learn 
to live with it. We learn the workaround. Uh, we, we make it okay to be chronically frustrated. And so when I was laid off, I, I, two months later, I started this business called A Clear Path. And I had uh, told my roommate, I think I'm going to start organizing until something better comes along. And one thing led to another, and I found myself at my first meeting of the Los Angeles chapter of the National Association of Professional Organizers. Wow. And from there, I was sort of launched into a world I could do well in. I have never even heard of a professional organizer until you told me about it, and then to find out there's a national association for professional organizers, that must have made you feel like you had arrived home. Girl, I walked into my first meeting of what is called NAPO, the National Association of Professional Organizers. It's NAPO, L.A., and I walked into the room, and it was women and gay men, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I am home. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, an addendum to that is I now sit on the national board of the National Association of Professional Organizers, and I'm leaving on Monday for our annual conference in it, uh, for our annual conference, which so I'll be in Atlanta all next week. We have a big board meeting and then our conference. And in your introduction, you said that people who are blind or visually impaired and don't have support will, can often feel overwhelmed um, by not knowing uh, how to get organized in their space and also the trust level, uh, and so people tend to do it themselves. I, I have to say that this is not unique uh, to people who are blind. Every person that calls me, Laura, expresses that sentiment, whether they are uh, visually impaired or um, physically disabled or, um, or able-bodied and, and 2020 vision, whatever it is, there's something that happens to people who are living in clutter who feel completely impaired, overwhelmed, and disempowered by it. I would imagine so. I mean, there's got to be a certain amount of, you know, on one end of the scale, a certain amount of maybe embarrassment. And on the other end of the scale, if you're a person who sort of ventures into the area of hoarding, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of shame or stigma that that person may suffer. Or, you know, they just might think, I don't want a stranger going through my stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yet they reach out for help. So people who call me have reached a tipping point. Mm -hmm. So I started this journey and I was going into spaces and I'm meeting people with a lot of clutter. And clutter is defined as, uh, you know, one woman's clutter is another woman's uh, cleared space. Mm -hmm. So I, I define clutter as that which makes you feel out of control. Oh, interesting. Uh, if you are constantly moving one thing to get to another thing and not putting it back, I think you have clutter. Mm -hmm. It also depends on the level by which you are bothered by 
closet. You know, and organized, some people who tell me that they want to be organized by being able to get what they need and putting it back just as easily. Mm-hmm. So I'm going into homes where the clutter seems very big. And sometimes I would leave the space saying, okay, before I come back, why don't you work on this pile? And I would come back and the pile was untouched. And my first thoughts were, well, why wouldn't they touch it? And I started talking to other organizers and I was introduced to um, an organization called the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. And the Institute for Challenging Disorganization, or ICD, is where professional organizers meet mental health professionals. And the conversation is all about how to work with people with cognitive uh, challenges from ADHD to the hoarding disorder. And what I had come to understand is also how do we work with people with, with other kinds of, of physical uh, disabilities. You know, how do you organize for the person who is blind? How do you organize for the wheelchair user? How do you organize for someone whose uh, multiple sclerosis is, is advancing? Right, because one person's solution isn't the right solution for another person. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, so I started doing research, and there's nothing out there. You know? So I'm creating the research, and, and I, I have just come to understand that clutter and disorganization is the challenge of, uh, you know, a wide swath of people, uh, not only in the United States. Organizers are, are big in, in Brazil and in Canada, in Australia, Japan. Um, wow. So, 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 again, people call me when they have a sense of overwhelm, uh, disempowerment, uh, shame, embarrassment, as you had mentioned. And what I do and what my team, I call them the ninja organizers, we go into people's spaces and we find out what the goals are. So if the goal is to um, be able to find what they need when they need it and to put it away just as easily, we look at the space and we look to see if the space is big enough to house all of their possessions. And if not... We need to start editing or whittling down. How do we do that? Uh, we ask a lot of questions about need, use, and value. Here are some of the things I've come to understand about people's clutter. They hold on to things that they think they can use someday, but they don't have a real understanding of what someday has to look like in order for this thing to come into use. Mm-hmm. So they're holding on to a future, that which they may need someday, with a bit of fear that if someday happens and they don't have this, something not good is going to happen. So they hold on to a future that has some fear. Then they're also holding on to things that have already happened. It's a memory. 
It's uh, an emotional attachment. It's the past. And we hold on to the past out of fear that we may forget it, that we may dishonor the person who gave it to us. Whatever that is, we have this, this holding on to the past. So I think of this as my hand out. My hand is out behind me holding on to a past. My hand is way out in front of me holding on to a future. There is a little bit of fear in both of those places. And what we are really doing is trumping our ability to be comfortable in the present. That's amazing, Regina. I hadn't really considered how much psychology is really wrapped up in clutter and how we accumulate things and our fear of letting go of things and our attachment to things. You must really have to overcome emotional barriers before you can even get to the physical barriers. I believe that. And I believe that we need to, um, I believe that we need to start considering where we're coming at, you know, where we're coming from cognitively before we can deal with this. And so, so what I learned at the Institute for Challenging Disorganization is that this is not necessarily about the stuff, and it's more about um, our relationship to it. That is profound, I have to say. <laughs> and in thinking about, you know, clutter and my own feelings about it, I... I mean, a light bulb is really going off for me because you really nailed it for me as to why I hang on to things, including it would dishonor the person who gave it to me, sentimental attachment, you know, I consider the financial consequences. If I get rid of this now and I need it later, am I going to have to replace it? And would that be a hardship? And so that's really an important aspect of what you do. So tell the audience what would happen if they called a professional organizer. You mentioned you call someone, they have a, a, an assessment, an interview of sorts, they ask a series of questions. Where would you get started first? Well, one of the things I would first ask is, what's their best ability? Where do they feel that they do well uh, in their surroundings? Um, uh, you know, what, what's their go-to ability? Right, so you focus on their strengths first. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, what are, where are the challenges? Where do they see, what habits and behaviors do they see uh, or do they understand about themselves that create uh, and contribute to the clutter? Mm -hmm. So one answer may be every flat surface, you know, just becomes a pile. The floor has become a shelf. Uh, I, 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 I have space, but I know I'm not making good use of the space. And so we talk about what the goals are. We talk about what what would an organized space feel like. What is 
uh, you know, you're, you're thinking of working with a complete stranger who's about to go into your underwear drawer. And, you know, what, uh, what is it that you would like to accomplish? Yeah, that isn't intimidating so, or anything. Think about this. Before they pick up the phone, and, and, and I want to give an opportunity to articulate it. So, um, so where we, we go into a space and, uh, you know, I look to see what is, um, where, where does the, what, what are the spaces in this uh, house or apartment where most of the work is happening? Mm. If it's happening in a living room or an office, I want to see it from the perspective of, uh, you know, using using your things um, from, uh, you know, if we were to look at the perspective of the face of a clock, you know, uh, first are you right-handed or are you left-handed, and um, are you using, you know, what is what do you need to have at your fingertips, and where does it need to be? Does it need to be at 11 o'clock or at 1 o'clock? Is there something behind you, 6 o'clock? Do you know what I mean? It's yes. how, how do you navigate that space? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're dealing with a lot of things on the floor, I tell people a floor is not a shelf. Uh, and, and having things on the floor is impairing mobility and access. I would probably start with um, dealing with things on the floor. Mm-hmm. And... While my client uh, was um, sitting or standing, I would begin gathering and I would talk through this. Every, all the light with light. So I'd stack all the shoes together and make sure I have the matches and I would stack clothing and other artifacts together and then start describing what it is I'm holding or have the person sit down with me on the floor and start feeling around my piles and have them start making decisions about what is no longer germane to their life. So if we're looking at that equation of, of past and, and future, and we're looking at things in terms of their relative value to us today, I want whatever is in my space to serve me today, intellectually, aesthetically, the way it feels, whatever it is, it's got to serve me today, because today is all I got. Well, Regina, tell everyone how they can get a hold of you, ways in which our audience could get in touch with professional organizers in their community. Tell me about your social links if people want to follow you. Well, my website is aclearpath.net. And... I am available to be a resource to anybody. You can email me at, you can send me an email to Regina, R-E-G-I-N-A, at A-C-L-E-A-R-P-A-T-H dot net, aclearpath.net. Any questions you have, I would love to hear and, and just be a resource. I would actually direct folks to the Institute for Challenging Disorganization versus the National 
National Association of Professional Organizers because professional organizers who have availed themselves of the resources of the Institute for Challenging Disorganization, it's called ICD, we just have a, a, a different knowledge and training base. And for people with, with um, uh, physical or cognitive disabilities or developmental disabilities, this would be a, a, a better uh, fit. And you can find organizers in your area but that have um, a relationship to this institute. And so that website is challengingdisorganization.org. Wonderful. And are you on Twitter and Facebook at all? I am. I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is A Clear Path, and Facebook is also uh, A Clear Path of Professional Organizing. Thank you so much, Regina. It was great having you here. Thank you for being my first guest on the second episode of Legendary Insights. And for those of you who would like to hear more from Regina, sometime in the next few weeks, I'll be posting an extended version of this interview over on the Fashionability Channel podcast. There, we will be discussing some more specific tips for how you can reorganize and declutter your bedroom, your bathroom, and your closet. If you are not already subscribed, head on over to fashionabilitychannel.com or you can download the podcast from Apple iTunes, from the Blueberry podcast directory, and most recently, you can find the Fashionability Channel podcast on Google Play. Finally, I'd like to let you all know that I will be attending the National Convention for the American Council of the Blind in Minneapolis, Minnesota this summer, and I would love to meet you. The best place to find me is going to be in the exhibit hall. I will be showing the beautiful, elegant insights, braille creations, jewelry, and accessories throughout the week during exhibit hall hours, and I would love it if you would stop by and say hello. So, until then, thank you for listening, and live your ingenious life.